This is the Bookslingers Podcast with Ariane Crafty and Corrine Brown. Please be aware that every Bookslingers Podcast contains the potential for spoilers. This is the Bookslingers Podcast for the week of February 18th, 2013. I'm Ari. I'm Miss Green. Can you believe it's 2013? Yes! Really? You you usually take like five months into the year before you realize it's never mind this year, but not two years before. Well, this is absolutely true. It's because I don't actually have any sense of temporal... Ah, I see. ...being, so that believing that it's 2013 is as easy for me as believing that it's, like, 312. Well, so how have you been? It's been a while. I've been good. I've been good. My computer died a tragic death, as you know. Yes. Yeah, and then I was made to wait cruelly by the company that I ordered the replacement from because I got a custom build, and apparently that was simply too much to ask. It was like two weeks late, and by that time, I spent I spent oh almost a month um, with nothing but my terrible terrible little netbook and, and tablet and my yeah okay. smartphone. Thank God yeah, I had sorry. seriously. Thank God I had the goddamn tablet. Because <laughs> how else would you access Tumblr efficiently? Seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I have the new one now, which I love and cherish, even though it tried to gut me when I first opened it. Well, to be fair, you were trying to open up its innards. Well, I was. It was for its own good. You were slicing up its insides. I and wasn't placing them on display. I was not doing any such thing. I was opening a, a a factory set port so that I could install an optical drive. But the computer felt that it needed to demand a blood sacrifice, which I assume means that it's going to last until the next millennium. <laughs> you would think that. I or would. you're going to wake up one day and you're going to be inside of your computer. There was an awful lot of blood. <laughs> yeah, point proven. Point proven. Mm. But I can bend my finger again now, so it's a win-win. Yay! All Yay. the better to edit podcasts with God. <sighs> Nothing if not subtle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, your, and yourself? I'm actually quite pleased. Uh, this is, you know, another year, which means another good reads you know, challenge for how many yep. books I'm going to read this year. Yep. I tentatively set myself at 366. Um, well, you know, tentative. That, that's very conservative for you. It is. Well, I, I did this last year. I'm like, well, if I read, like, a book a day, which never actually pans out. Some some days are, you know, a no-book day because I'm too busy, or some days they're, like, a seven-book day because Reasons. My, my superpower is reading. Unfortunately, as of today, I've reached 101 books already, so I may have to adjust. You poor thing. I know. I, I don't know how you manage. It's so difficult being an overachiever. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. My trials are many. So I believe there is actually blog news, isn't there? Yes. 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 There is a thing going on on the blog. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're going to need to give me a little bit more to go on. There's always <laughs> something happening on the blog. Uh, we are having a giveaway. That was that was from dramatic effect. Could have been a little bit more emphatic. But I'll see if I can find a better sound when I edit. Yeah, do something really impressive. Like mm-hmm. Anyways, yes, we are having a giveaway for the second book in the Apple Seed Creek. See, it's kind of because I want to be like Apple Pip, Apple Creek. <laughs> <laughs> I have to really think about it. The second book in the Apple Seed Creek. Even now, I can't say the comment. I thought it was Creek. Yeah, it's definitely Creek. I'm staring right at it while I'm saying it, and I'm still <laughs> having problems. 
an Apple Feed Creek mystery. That's not a question mark at the end. Um, the second book by uh, Amanda Flower, and not Flowers. I keep because there's the character in Scott Pilgrim, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm a... Yeah, but it's not at all. The second book in the series, which is a plain scandal, and along with the books, we were giving away some handmade beeswax candles. Where did you get the beeswax candles, by the way? Yes. Was it from the little old ladies? No. I don't know. You're in Lethbridge. There are so many options. Was it from my hippie dippy sister? Oh, right. Yeah, he works at a, uh, is it an apiary? If it's bees, yes, it's an apiary. Yes, he works at an apiary, organic, whatever, and they make these candles by hand. Right, right. In the ways of tradition. (sighs) I know. But it... I have read this book, and I have read the book before it, and I very much enjoyed it. So, yeah, enter the contest. It's on our blog, which you are probably at if you're downloading this. So It is highly likely. I don't know whether the iTunes feed is fixed yet. It's supposed to be, but uh, I may have to email them again. Yes, and many thanks to our diligent, diligent listener who's been letting us know that it's been down. Yes. <sighs> one day. But yeah, so enter the contest. You can win a plain scandal. It's a very nice book. There, it looks really handsome on my bookshelf, I have to say. It's a good-looking book. Mm-hmm. That's good important. Book. I mean, all aphorisms aside. Mm-hmm. Judging covers, etc. Yes. All right, so Ari, this week in books. Okay, so uh, I have Neil Gaiman news. What? It's not brand new news, but it is our first podcast of this year, so I'm calling it new news. This um, year? Oh, God. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so Neil Gaiman has put out a new children's book. It's called Tuesday, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is adorable. I have not actually had the physical book in my hands as of yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Anyhow, yep, yep. Uh, but it's about Chu, who is a little panda with a big sneeze, and it's adorable. Does the sneeze kill people? It does not, but it is adorable. You should see this because it's it's precious. It is adorable. Mm. So that came out in January. Mm-hmm. Um, and also coming out soon, in June, I believe, The Ocean at the End of the Lane. Yes. Some people I'm on my so book, excited. I know. Some people on my Goodreads have already read it. Oh, I'm so jealous. And I kind of hate them. Well, I don't hate them because they're amazing people. And I am nonetheless incredibly jealous of these people. Yeah, I am quite angry. Yeah. Uh, Nendi, oh, I'm really apologetic. Nendi Okorafor, I'm really, really sorry. But she is an author, and she has done many amazing books, like The Shadow Speaker and Akata Witch and Who Fears Mm -hmm. Death. Mm -hmm. She has read it. If anybody wants to send us a copy of this, we wouldn't complain. Pretty sure every person who reads books right now is trying to hunt down a copy oh, of that. Oh, I would, I would, yeah. Oh. I know. I know. Also, oh my god, I just remembered. The, uh, they are doing a new Neverwhere radio play, the BBC. Oh, yes. And it comes out in March. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. actual date came out today, and now I have lost it. I did write it down. It has every single amazing British person ever. And yeah. then some. I know. And then some. March 16th. Is the That's date. not too far away. No, and you can listen to it on BBC iPlayer because the radio feed is not restricted to geography. Hey! 
Yay! That's pretty cool. I am extremely excited about that. Neverwhere is my favorite Neil Gaiman book. Really? Yep. Shut up. Justify yourself, man. Justify yourself. Secret world and regular world. I am a sucker for that. Yeah, but he does that in every single one of his books. Yes, I know, but that's the best one. Is it? It speaks to me, Crane. Why? Because. Shut up. Judging me. I am judging you. I'm just saying, like, I like Neil Gaiman. I think he's very handsome and I like his floppy hair. He writes the good books. But I don't know if I would say that Neverwhere was my favorite. It is. Mine. How come? It speaks to me. It 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 has I don't know, I've never had to quantify it before. And also I don't have to. Yes, you do, damn it. This is a book podcast. Justify. Alright, do you want my Neil Gaiman confession? Is it going to upset me? I'm not sure if you'll speak to me. So maybe not. But Remember I'm how not. mad you were when I told you I didn't like Jane Eyre? Yeah, you are a terrible person. So let's just move past with that. No taste. It's not. It's not that. It's, it's not a. It's not that I don't like something. It's that I've never read American Gods. Really? Yeah. Have you read Nancy Boys? I've read Nancy. That's my favorite. I love Nancy. I very much like it. Well, I, I. To be fair, I don't think I dislike anything Neil Gaiman's ever written. But I've had Wibble. I've had even the ones that scare the daylights out of me. Yeah, I think I think I, I I've never hated anything, but I've had kind of. Eh. I also have not yet had the bravery to listen to Click Clack the Rattle Bag. Oh hell no! I downloaded it. I started listening to it. I got about thirty seconds in, and I was like, maybe I'll wait until it's daytime. And I haven't gone back yet. Yeah, I got freaked out by the Twelve Clues of Christmas by Rice <laughs> which is a cozy mystery set in the manor. And I was like, gotta turn on all the lights. Double check the doors, because there might be a creepy British murderer about. Yep. And there wasn't. No, I've never read American Gods. I, I, you know me, I don't do the gritty, right? And that is a gritty well, book. It's actually, it gets described as gritty a great deal, but I really don't think it is. I mean, apart from the fact that it starts with someone in prison, it's not really very gritty. It feels very... Someone's lady bits ate someone. Yeah. Gritty isn't the word I would use. There's definitely surreal in there somewhere. But I would not say, I would not, still. One with bits. You read Twilight. Yeah, no one's bits got eaten in that one. No, but other things did. I only made it to the first one. That's right, you made your sister read them, didn't you? Yes, because I'm mean. Actually, I had to read the first one for a class. The audiobook is quite good if you can't make yourself read it. Also, there's, um... No, of uh, American Gods. Oh. Audio, the audiobook is quite good. Yeah, I know. It doesn't. The thing is that I don't really think, I don't think of it as gritty. I think of it as mythological, which is, of course, is what it's meant to be, but it feels very, yeah. well, I mean, it, it feels like an Aussie boys, except not quite as irreverent. Well, it, it's a book that polarizes people, like a lot of people yes. like Snow Gaiman's lighter things, and being a person who likes light things it just mm-hmm. was a little too much for me there's also a the author's edition that came out on at least the 10 year anniversary a little while ago yes it has another 10,000 words at 12,000 words <laughs> sorry i'll be perfectly honest i didn't really notice the difference but it had been some time since i had read it mm. i suppose i could give it another shot you should uh, oh. oh yeah and the other one first volume of sandman sucks I feel quite ambivalent about Sandman. Hey! Virtual high five! Virtual high five! 
suppose I shouldn't have like slapped the microphone. Anyhow, um, yeah, yeah, I have, I have. This will totally get me kicked off of Tumblr, but I have no strong Sandman feelings at all. No, like I could kind of see you, and some of the I see why other people like it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And for the time that it was written, in, I can appreciate that it was like the first time it was done. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't storytelling. It's like it, but I, I have, I don't have like strong flaily fangirly feelings about it. It's like, oh yeah, Sandman. Yeah, it was there. Like, some short stories in it. Mm -hmm. I can't remember which volume it is. Some of them I really liked. Yeah. Kind of ones that functioned independently of the greater scheme of things. But, yeah, I have to do a full-on... Yeah. We are so getting kicked out of fandom. Yeah. Speaking of comics, though, I'm going to do a super micro PSA for now, for a second here. Okay. So, comics. Comics are very important to me because they were this huge part of my formative fictional period when I was a wee little fan. And there's this really amazing comic out right now. It's called Captain Marvel, and it features hotshot pilot and Avenger, Colonel Carol Danvers. She used to be Ms. Marvel, and she recently got a promotion. Uh, it's written by the totally awesome and magnificent Kelly Sue DeConnick, and it's awesome and clever and inspiring and beautiful and it's 50% responsible for getting me back into talk comics after more than a decade away, and I wish it had been around when I was a little kid buying comics the first time around, because I probably wouldn't have stopped. And I wish that everyone I knew had little girls so I could shove this book into their hands. Um, so here's where the public service part comes in. If you have ever felt the slightest fascination to read about a totally awesome lady superhero who gets to be totally awesome because she is awesome, not because she's someone's sidekick or girlfriend, and who actually gets to wear a costume that covers all of her body which is something that lady superheroes don't always get to do, you should buy this comic. Even if you've never set foot in a comic book sh- shop before, even if you've never, ever even considered buying comics, you should start with this one. And here's the important bit. If you want to buy this comic, it's really important to pre-order it. I mean, get one, get a copy from a friend, get it out of the library, buy one. But if you like it, subscribe to it. That means pre-order it or get a subscription via the Marvel website, either hard copy or digital, or start a pull list or a pull box at your local comic shop, because that is how big publishers like Marvel decide whether or not they'll keep doing a book. Those are the sales they count. Don't ask me why. It's a little archaic, and it is changing, but at the moment, that is how they decide whether or not this book continues to exist. And it's so important that it does, because it's awesome for women and girls, and it's getting all of these women and girls into comics who, let's face it, were underrepresented in this, in this fandom. And that's something that really needs to change. Okay, PSA over. That was really good. I feel like you should have some triumphant music behind you when you say that. I'll see if I can find some. Yeah, some with drums. Yeah. Maybe a bugle. Ooh, a bugle. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Um, my book news. Okay. I book news. The Sybils were announced. <gasps> yes, that's right. I think that's how they're pronounced. I am basing it off the television show Sybil. So that's the only way I've ever heard the word pronounced. So let's go with that. Sybils? 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 Anyhow, yeah, so they were announced, and uh, well done for all the people on the committees who read all the books and chatted about them and decided them. Your work is very much appreciated. It's a lot of reading. So, all the ones that we don't care about, early chapter books, let's go right into there. Mm-hmm. Sadie and Rats by Sonia Hartnett. This is a weird book. <laughs> <laughs> If you can get the cover a little bigger, I suggest doing it, because those illustrations are freaky. (laughs) It is like every nightmare I have ever had. Um, Essentially, this girl names her right hand and her left hand. Sure. And then when they get in trouble, she blames Sadie and Rats, that are her hands that work independently of her. Right. 
And then things start happening, and Sadie and Rats get blamed, but it isn't her. Yeah. Okay. Yep. It's really scary. And it's a nice little sweet story about uh, sibling, you know, troubles between siblings. Because mm-hmm. it turns out that it's her younger brother doing it. But, uh... Ah! Ah! It's so scary! <laughs> because she sends Sadie and Rats her hands on vacation. <gasps> on vacation! But they're her hands. Okay, I'm going to have nightmares now. They give personality to her hands. <laughs> they do things without her permission. <laughs> it's so scary! So scary. And see, this is why I hate puppets, right? Because you're giving, you know, a cover on your hand, a separate personality, and and life of your own body. And it just freaks me out, man. So this book was like the scariest thing I've ever read. Are those shadow puppets? They are shadow puppets. And there's a whole bunch of illustrations inside that are just as scary. And there are all these charcoal drawings, so they're they're extra scary. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's not what they had in mind, but damn it, scary. (laughs) Yeah, okay, so. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, graphic novel, Giants Beware, uh, Fantasy and Science Fiction, False Prince, which I haven't read, but it's on my thing. Middle Grade Fiction is Wonder, which is a great book. I think we should read about it at that time. I'm pretty sure I cried through that one. I've been crying through a lot of books. Wonder? Yeah, it's a very good one. It's a good one. And whenever I feel like doing something really nasty, I, I think to myself, choose kind, Green. Choose kind. Oh. So in the nonfiction category was Bomb, the race to build and steal the world's most dangerous weapon by Steve Scheinkin. Sure, pretty good. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, this was the book that cleaned up at the LA Youth Media Awards. It went all of them. All of them. Um, I have to admit, I was a little bit angry about that because I'm like, well, okay, you recognized in a whole bunch of categories, like the same ten books over and over again, so I was a little disappointed. But I have this one as well on my bookshelf, and we'll see how it goes. Graphic novel, Friends with Boys by Faye Baron Hicks. The growling in the background is not me. I didn't think it was. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Friends with Boys by Faye Baron Hicks, which is great. And Young Adult Fiction, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Not The Fault in Our Stars. Dun, dun, dun. And in the fantasy and science fiction category was Seraphine by Rachel Hartman. Which we're talking about today. Which we're talking about today. Faith Aaron Hicks is currently working on, I right now it's a webcomic, but it is going to be a graphic novel called Nothing Can Possibly Go Wrong with somebody I kind of know. Prudence what? Shen. Yes. I don't know. Yes, Prudence Shen. Yeah. Have you been reading this? It's pretty great. Oh, I've been reading it. I yep. love Faith Aaron. Yep. I think she's the best. She's also doing Adventures of Superhero Girl, which is going to be published, I want to say, in March. Yep. Um, which I'm also looking for. You know Prudence Shen? I kind of know her. I have spoken to her in fandom. That is really cool. She's um, she's Prue. She does Slash Report, and she's done lots and lots of my very favorite stories. I... That is very cool. Yes. Yeah. I'm quite looking forward to that being published. Yeah. It is pretty excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be pre-ordering it tomorrow. 
Huzzah! Yes. Huzzah. So yeah, so that is the week, the month, the year. Mm-hmm. In books. Um, so what are you reading right now, Ari? I have a pile of things. Huzzah! Because uh, most of my books are from the uh, kids' book sale, which was a, not very long ago, which is the time of year when I go and buy too many books. So, stack on my desk. Let's see. We have Ordinary Magic by Caitlin Rubino Bradway, Brad, Bradway, which I have finished. It was okay. Uh, Ordinary Magic is sort of like backwards Harry Potter. It's um, everybody has magic in the whole world. But uh, then Abigail, whose family are, like, famous and important magic people, goes to get tested on at the age when kids usually get tested to find out, you know, how they rate magically. And it turns out she doesn't have any magic. She's an ord. Aww. Which is, it's really interesting world building. It's um not just, like, the world where everybody has magic. It's that magic is treated pretty commonplace, like pretty, and it's not done from the point of view of somebody who, you know, comes from the regular world and goes to one where there is magic. It's the opposite of that, where everyone has magic and this is accepted as the state of affairs, but Abigail doesn't have any at all. And there's all of these interesting things about what happens to ords and why people are afraid of them and hate them and, and how they're vulnerable, but also very powerful because they are immune to magic and, how until very recently in the kingdom where Abigail lives, you could own ords. Ew. Yeah. That's kind of nasty. So there's interesting political intrigue. I thought the ending was rushed, mm. but it, it it's it was it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted I wanted it to have a slightly more drawn out conclusion, but other than that, it was it was all right. right. Uh, let's see. I have I have uh, the Ober Newton Chronicles by. Isabel Carmody, which includes two books, Ober Newton and the Far Seekers. And it's sort of a post-apocalyptic world thing that has what feel to me like a lot of Welsh influences, mostly because of the place names, um, where it's a world that is coming back from apocalypse and, and everything is harsh and terrible and awful. And there's a lot of religion. And anybody who isn't ordinary, anybody who has mutations or abilities, like it turns out our main character has a secret mind-reading ability, get either burned alive or they get packed off to work in labor camps. Yay! Yeah. We have a couple of books that our friend Jen dropped in my basket and insisted I must read. Uh, uh, We have Here There Be Dragons, which is uh, the first of a series called The Chronicles of the Imaginarium Geographica, which is a great name for a series, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. by James A. Owen, uh, which is, well, it's a, it's a magic atlas, or it's not an a-, a magic atlas. It's a book about all the things that have ever existed, either in the real world or in fairy tales and legends and mythology. And we have The Gates by John Connolly, which is a... Uh, Samuel goes trick-or-treating and uh, falls into the underworld. (laughs) And I got the sequel to The Emerald Atlas. Oh! The Fire Chronicle by John Stevens. I haven't started that one yet, but it's Mm -hmm. pretty cool-looking, Kareen. It is a nice-looking book. Yes. It's a handsome book. They are very handsome books. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which I imagine we will do a podcast on at some juncture. Most likely, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so how about you? 
I am between our last podcast and now. I've read 101 books. Okay, you can't give me 101. How come? Because I say so. I just gave, I just did five, so I'm going to let you have five this time. Actually, I will be good. I'm not going to be mean. I just finished uh, Beat the Band by Don Calby, which is... <laughs> oh, I uh, did a quick review of the first book in this series, Swim the Fly on the website, which I entitled Everyone Was Right and I Was Wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because it was true. Um, I resisted reading these books for quite a while, and everyone's like, oh, they're so good, they're so funny. It's about three boys who, in the first book, they just want to see a naked lady. (laughs) And in the second book, Beat the Band, they, our hero, Coop, wants to be cool and have ladies thrown, thrown themselves at him, so he starts the Battle of the Bands to make himself cool because he's paired with the not-cool-chick at school for a school project about contraception. And there are many, many jokes about masturbation and lube and <laughs> masturbation and condoms and lube <laughs> and masturbation and lady wobbly bits. So you can tell that this is not the kind of book that I usually like to read. <laughs> No, really? I know, I know. It's kind of like American Pie, but a strangely sweet YA book. (laughs) Yeah, about a guy who actually lives in BC, so you should check him out because he's amazing. It is so funny. It is actually funny and sweet, and I was like, yeah, you make those masturbation jokes because they're funny. They are so funny. And it turns out that I have exactly the same sense of humor as a 14-year-old boy. Yeah, that's shocking, I have to tell you. <laughs> totally shocking. It, sh- it should be. Mm-hmm. It should be. I love these books. I'm reading the third one as soon as we're done with this podcast. So, there you go. And the other books that I have read, because I'm going to be good not rattle off 101 titles for you, um, is the Apple Seed Creek mystery books. A Plain Death and A Plain Scandal, which I'm going to review on the blog sometime this week, and spoiler alert, they're perfectly pleasant. Aww. Yeah, it was actually kind of nice because it was an awful week of work, and I was like, I hate everything! <laughs> um, but these made me not hate everything. Well, that's nice. Yeah, that's possibly the highest amount of praise that I can give a book. <laughs> it made me not want to stab people. Yeah, so I'm thinking that's a pretty pretty rave review. That, that, yes. Glowing praise. Alright, so our book of the week. Yes. Yes. What did I almost say? The first book of 2013. That's true. That's very true. Sad. Yeah, well. Sad. But Mm -hmm. true. Yeah, so our very first book. Is Serafina by Rachel Hartman. Who lives in Vancouver. Right? Yeah, I know. Right? Do you know her? I do not. You don't know everyone in Vancouver? Not, no. You suck. Yeah, I know. It's a failing. It really is. I'm terribly disappointed in you. Um, Because she lives in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And you don't know who she is. So, Serafina, let me just rattle off the number of awards that it's won. Mm-hmm. So, it was the winner of the 2013 Yelsa Morris Award for Best YA Debut Novel, finalist for the 2012 
Governor General Literary Award, and it was robbed. Yeah. Shortlisted for the Kitchies Golden Tentacle Award, longlisted for the Carnegie Medal, and is New York Times bestselling children's chapter book. Yep. <gasps> yep. And I'm sure there are more coming. Yes. Yeah. I think it's done very well for itself. And Rachel Hartman can be assured that she wrote a pretty wicked good book. Yeah, she really did. Yeah. With a st- Let's talk about the cover. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so beautiful. It's gorgeous. It looks like a uh, like a woodcut. Yes, it does. Yeah. Does yours have like weird red smudges on it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. good. That's on purpose. I thought that I accidentally got something. Yeah, I thought that, too. And then I looked at it and I held it at multiple angles. I'm like, why is it? Oh, oh. That's good. That's good. It's artistic because it's like blood. Yes. Because of the intrigue. Yes. So much intrigue with beautiful raised gold lettering. It's a beautiful book. Oh, it's so pretty. It looks so good in my house. I just want to, like, hold it in my arms and walk around town with it. And they'd be Mm -hmm. like, oh, what is your accessory of the day? I'm like, oh, it's this handsome book. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Tico, for that emphasis. Yeah, it is a beautiful, beautiful book. I also do giggle that it is blurred by Christopher Paolini on the front. Yeah. It's also got it's also got one from uh, Naomi Novik, which I thought was quite appropriate. Did they just like bring in all the dragon people they knew? That's pretty much my impression. Yes, <laughs> well, it works. Yeah, it, works. it is. It is a dragon book. It is. It is. Except it's a very it's a new dragon book. I know. You it's, could have not. I, I was like, stupid dragons. I read all the dragon books there are. There are only so many dragon stories to tell, and I was wrong. I didn't mind being wrong either. No, no, I was I was cool with it. Uh, yeah, and and am I am I correct in remembering that this is I don't know if her first novel, but her first YA fantasy novel at the very least. Because I'm looking at that on her website now. Yes, it is. I think what? I know. I know. You're making me feel inadequate, Rachel Hartman. You and Kristen Kishore. What? Oh God, I know. I how <laughs> how how. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, my God. She has, and um, Ayla reminded of this, she did kind of graphic novel comics mm-hmm. in the past. I haven't been able to, like, get a hold of them. No, me neither. I've looked. Super out of print. Yeah. Um, But this is her first published Yeah. Uh, novel novel, as far as I know. Yes. No Which, them, right? Which, uh, it makes you want to weep tears, yeah. jealousy, blood. Yeah. It would come out green. Green, green tears of how amazing this book is. And how sure it is. Yeah. At some point, I'm like, oh, it's too good. It is too good. At some point, something's going to happen, and I'm not going to like it, or it's going to go a little weird. It's too good to be true. It's too good to be true. Like, obviously, this is part, I want to say part of a a trilogy. Does it feel like trilogy? I I don't know. I think think she's, I'm glad that it didn't say, like, book one of whatever. Yeah, because then I would have punched yeah, I, I feel like this is this is this is, if it is a series, it's going to be a series in the same way that um that that Graceling was, where it, she was like, I'm gonna write this book, and if I feel like writing another book, I'll write another book. And then after that, if I want to write another book, I'll write another book after that. Yeah, well, there's definitely another book coming after this because yes. it really it, it does set. I, oh, it's just it's so sure in its world building. Yes, oh my god, and it's so things. interesting, and it does different things. So mm-hmm. Serafina, who's our main character. Mm-hmm. Um, her mother is dead. Mm-hmm. Her father has 
essentially raised her in seclusion. She has never gone to school. She has never interacted with other people outside of the home. So she she lives with her father, and she has her, what do they call him? Her kind of tutor. Her tutor. Yeah, her tutor in music, who's, mm-hmm. you know, he's a little aloof, to say the least. He's cranky. He's, he's kind of cranky. He's, you know, not your average charming tutor. Um, and that that's her entire world for a long time. And he tutors her especially in music because she has a really a, a strong talent and affinity for it, almost kind of a natural gift with music. Which is convenient. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's plot point. Yes, plot yes point. it is. So, yes, um, so she decides to apply for an apprenticeship. Apprentice, apprenticeship. No, I shouldn't be talking today. <laughs> talking is not not for me. <laughs> Bad. So she applies to be an apprentice for the kind of royal court composer. Yes. Who instantly, of course, recognizes her talent with music and composing and uh, invites her to kind of take care of the music at the funeral of Prince Rufus, who has been murdered. Yes, this is like, how we open the book. Yes. <laughs> Yes, Prince Rufus is dead. Welcome to Seraphina by Rachel Harp. Um, the Marleys were dead to begin with. <laughs> nice. Very nice. So he is dead, and he was, you know, the prince heir apparent. Um, and it's a very important year in that this is the celebration of the truce between human beings and dragons. The 40th anniversary of the treaty, I believe. Yes. This grand historical treaty, which was... Basically only happened because the queen, she's pretty much a badass. Well, as she had to be, because, you know, dragons are, you know, dragons. They shoot yes. fire. They eat people. They have gnashing teeth. Yep. So this truce was in the best interest of, I would say, both of them. Mm-hmm. And, but it is a tentative peace. The human it's an being, uneasy peace. Yeah, definitely. The yeah. human beings do not trust the dragons. And the dragons have a... I, would say the most interesting part about this is that they can also kind of fold themselves into human beings. Yes, they call themselves SARS. Oh, so good. Oh. And to differentiate themselves from your average person, to let you know the populace be known. Oh, I love this part. They wear bells. Yep, they wear silver oh, bells into their clothing. Oh, the details. I know. When I read that, I'm like, I'm going to love this book because there's bells and it's so brilliant because it's almost like it's it's so beautifully symbolic because, you know, you're you're taming them and it's almost like a cat and you make them domestic. But they're so dangerous and that this illusion of this bell makes you almost feel safe, but it really isn't. It's just a constant reminder that these are not domesticated creatures. I love the depth of the detail in how she describes their... Oh, what's that's not the whole word, and I can't remember what the whole word is. Ah, uh, they call sorry short for another word. <laughs> I don't have I don't have the book in front of me because I read it and immediately thrust it into my mother's hands. Oh, your mom will love this book. Yeah, I thought so too. Yes. Yeah. Anyhow, so they kind of live among humans, but they're definitely not humans. They're absolute no. I heard I heard someone describe it as. Um, if dragons were Vulcans. They were, they reminded me very much of Vulcans. Yeah, so they're at, they're dedicated to logic and they hate and fear and 
try to purge themselves of all emotion. And dragons that get a little bit too involved, a little bit too human, are sent back to kind of the dragon. To be excellent. Yes, where they said, which if you were not aware, is a word for cut. <laughs> it's not a good word. If someone no. says, hey, let's go exercising, you should <laughs> Basically, they do brain surgery and take out all the dirty feelings. And it's awful. It's, 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 you never get more detail than that. In fact, a lot of things are alluded to in such a way that your, your, your mind immediately fills in the details. And they're not pleasant details. No. It's not fun. Oh. No, so the the way that, back to the, the uneasiness of the truth that the dragons sort of wander about in human shape. And they get better at it as they do it for a while because apparently the new ones are really easy to spot. Yes. Um, but I love the way it's stressed how ruthlessly the truce is enforced by both humans and the dragons. Mm-hmm. Because there are strict penalties for doing things that explicitly break the truce to the, to the extent that there's a scene pretty close to the beginning where a new young star get, is getting basically the crap beaten out of him by a bunch of angry humans because there is a suspicion in the kingdom that Prince Rufus, who was dead at the beginning of the story, is murdered, that he was killed by a dragon. Which, of course, would be a violation of the truce, and everyone's like, no, there's no way. But some angry humans get angrier, and they start beating up this young star, and he doesn't do anything, because he can't. Because if he defends himself... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. This wonderful tension throughout this book about this truce and the political situation, and Oh. Yeah, it's very, it's quite wonderful because, you know, when two nations stop, you know, officially on paper being at war, they never stop being mm-hmm. at war. And you can shove as much paperwork as you like at them, but they're never going to stop hating the enemy mm-hmm. and hating the other. Mm-hmm. And, it, yeah, which is wonderfully true to life. So, yeah. But anyway, Seraphine, our main character, I keep... She is a great character, but it's just the world building is so good that sometimes I tend to forget how good Seraphina is. Mm-hmm. Because so, she is so good. She is so good. So at the beginning, yes, she's kind of broken off, broken the word to her father, and she's gone off to, you know, pursue her love of music. Mm-hmm. And under the tutelage of her... Do we want to spoil it? How much do we want to spoil it? I, I don't know that we can get very far without spoiling the big thing. Yeah, it's kind of a big thing. It, 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 it's on the book jacket, so I think you can probably... Oh, okay, okay, we're good. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Anyways, so, Serafina learns that her tutor, Orma, is not just a tutor, he's also her uncle. And that the reason why she spent her entire life shut away and hidden is because her very existence would break treaty, would break her father, would destroy everything, and she herself, I think, would be put to death quite quite ruthlessly by both sides because she's an aberration. She's well, the thing is, she's an abomination, I believe is the word yes. the dragons use. The, 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 the thing is that it's one of those things that it's, it's, it's so impossible, it's so inconceivable to everybody involved that they just, she's not even, her existence is impossible. So mm-hmm. we don't know what the consequences are because there aren't any rules written about it because it's so impossible that they're like, well, if it's impossible, the consequences must be unimaginably terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know what will happen, but it isn't going to be good. Yes, it's like in all the ancient Egyptian scrolls where they're like, yeah. well, if you break this, 
something's going to happen to you. And everyone's like, well, crap, that something must be so terrible that we're not even going to think about yep. eating that forbidden thingy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Serafina learns that her mother was, in fact, a dragon. And she is half-dragon. And that is bad. Yep. Yeah. And being half-dragon, you know, has some perks. So that's where her unnatural, well, I don't say unnatural gift with music is. Her affinity for music comes from because mm-hmm. dragons can be very talented at things like that. And she grows scales, which is not a bonus. No. In fact, she finds out about this all of a sudden one day when she's mm-hmm. quite young. I believe she gets sick. And then it all comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, which so is- she has she has scales in a couple of places that fortunately she can cover. Mm-hmm. But she's always afraid of them being revealed. She's always afraid of being revealed. That is, uh, it's a constant thing sort of hanging over you the whole way through this story. Is mm-hmm. her, her fear of being discovered. Yes. Because what would happen? No one knows. No one knows. It's not going to be good. Nope. Not going to be good. And, uh, yeah, she has scales. And the other thing she has is that another really excellent bit of world building is that she has this kind of mental menagerie of voices and people that her grotesques her grotesques which are kind of oh, oh, weird creatures in her head that speak and show visions and almost threaten to take her over because they're mm-hmm. so so powerful but her her uncle orma teaches her how to control them yes, and she- it requires constant uh, mental Yes, he describes it as her her unusual mental architecture, mm-hmm. which oh, I love the glimpse of the dragon culture. Yes, all the stuff about about training and and, and mental architecture and the bits and pieces we get because uh, Serafina not only has this very unusual mind, but she also has uh, dragons are capable of passing down maternal memories. Mm-hmm. She doesn't discover this until a bit later on, but she is capable of actually remembering things that her mother remembered. Mm -hmm. Yes. So anyhow. Yeah. (laughs) The actual story. I keep forgetting and being, you know, the onslaught of all the very interesting details. So Prince Rufus has been killed. Mm -hmm. And Serafina, because she is teaching one of the young princesses, you know, music, gets involved in this court intrigue of trying to figure out, well, who did kill Prince Rufus? Was it the dragons? Was it someone in court? What are they trying to accomplish? Is someone trying to upset the treaty? Yes, are they Why trying to they cause do that? war again? Very mysterious. And with the help of the pretty smoking hot Prince Lucian huh. Kiggs, yep. they go out to solve a mystery. Yep. And it's one of those times where she genuinely does not want to be involved in the mystery. But no. the mystery keeps getting her dragged in. <laughs> yeah, mysteries are like that. Especially when you're the main character. Yep. Yes. but And it definitely kind of leaves... There's a little bit of cliffhangery bit. Mm-hmm. But well, it is open well, to op- open for expansion, I would say. Well, there's definitely a sequel coming. Yes. Because, yeah, by no means does everything get completed, but we're satisfied where it is and excited for the next one. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, it's such a cool book. It's so good. It is so good. It's impossibly good. 
I'm really upset that the second one isn't. <laughs> why, why, why would she write faster, Ari? I wonder that often. <sighs> it's okay. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Will eventually. it? Eventually. Oh, no. really sad. Anyhow, so if you like Serafina, Ari, what would you recommend? Oh, God, this is the one thing I didn't do. Ha! I was so prepared, Corrine. Were you? Did you have piles of notes and sticky notes? I had notes. I, I, well, it did make me think of Graceling. Ah, yes. Yeah. By Kristen Kishore. There were a lot of, there were a lot of similarities, and not just, you know, the totally awesome world building and the the way the mystery is revealed and bits and pieces that you almost don't notice they're happening and mm-hmm. the totally awesome female protagonist. Very true. Very true. Yeah, that would be a good one. Mm-hmm. Actually, even more than that, I would say uh, Bitter Blue. Also by Christian Kishore. Have you read Bitter Blue yet? No, someone has my copy of it. <gasps> you need to read it, Kareen. I know. Well, I lent it to them because I'm like, okay, I'm going to reread Graceling and I'm going to finally finish Fire... Because I didn't finish Fire because it was too scary. Valid. <laughs> well, yeah, I was listening to it on audiobook, which was a mistake. Yeah. I got through the first bit, and I was like, holy crap, no. No. Um, but, yes, yeah, so if actually, I would say probably I would more Bitter Blue than okay. Graceling. Because it has a very uh, sort of discovering the mystery and, and giving you bits and pieces. And, and you know, it, everything is so comfortably complicated, if that makes any mm. sense. No, it's uh, Yeah. I get you. I get you. Yeah. Um, I actually have a couple of books to recommend if you like Serafina. Uh, one of them is The Crown Duel. And I have to make sure this is right because it was two books and then it was combined into one books. Yes, I'm right. Uh, Crown Duel by Sherwood Smith, which has the, you know, the court intrigue and the war and the tentative peace and Lots of cute boys on horses. Like to do. <laughs> um, the other one I would recommend is Grave Mercy by Robin Lefebvre's. Lefebvre's? Anyhow, it's got that medieval setting, a really kick-ass female protagonist. Um, and the second book is coming out in 40 days, so I'm kind of excited. And the third one that I would recommend if you're kind of into the dragon element is A Tale of Two Castles by Gil Oh, Carson. yes. Which also has very clever Benedict Cumberbatch esque dragons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All right, so that is our podcast for this week. Yes. First of 2013, not the last, we promise. Yeah, we need to get our acts in gear. Yes. You. And, and hopefully our iTunes will be working in the very near future. <sighs> Fingers crossed. It's not our fault. No, no. Wait, we have to end on a happy note, are we? Um, we can do Z to the Space Girl next week, probably. Yeah. Yes. Which is an adorable book. It is. It is. All right, so enter the contest winning the Amanda Flowers. Flower. Singular flower. <laughs> Singular flower. Amanda Flower book. Bye, guys. <laughs> You have been listening to the Bookslingers podcast. You can find all of our episodes at www.bookslingers.com. Our theme music is 0051 Electric Guitar by 2006 Classic Soul. All music used on this podcast comes to you courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network.